Community Radio. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever. All your friends are doing it. here on BFF.FM. I'm your host, Lily Sloan, and I'm a psychotherapist in San Francisco. This is a show where we talk about the intersection of psychotherapy, personal growth, and activism, and probably a lot of other things. If you would like to join in the conversation, you can tweet at me during the show at Radical underscore advice or at Lily Rose Sloan. If you have life questions you want addressed at a future date, you can submit them anonymously at RadicalAdviceShow.com. And just a reminder, the show does not replace mental health treatment. So when I have therapists on or we're discussing your listener life question, it's not meant to treat or diagnose any particular issue. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I recorded today's guests in conversation here in our Studio B, and I edited that down a little bit, and I'm going to be sharing that discussion with you today along with some music, as usual. Um, But first, let's start with our meditative check-in. So, if you've listened before, you kind of know what that means. Just take a moment to pause whatever you're doing step away, either mentally or physically. Maybe close your eyes if it's safe to do so. And just notice your breath. This really simple act can actually be so hard to get ourselves to do. It's, it's kind of amazing how our minds just take us spinning and we lose track of these, of these little subtle sensations of being in our bodies, being present. So 
So right now I'm giving you the opportunity to do that. With each inhalation and exhalation, notice the air as it makes contact with your skin, with your inside of your nostrils and your mouth. Noticing it moving down your throat and into your lungs. The rise and fall of your chest. The rise and fall of your belly. Notice the rest of your body, wherever you're at. Maybe if you're sitting, notice the way you're supported by your, your chair or couch or bicycle seat. Notice your skin making contact with your clothing or the air. Notice any subtle sensations or, or not subtle sensations physically. We're not going to change it right now. We're not going to fix it. We're just bringing attention to where we are. back to your breath once again. Maybe put your hand on your belly and bring in a deep inhalation, pushing up against your hand, pushing it out. And release through your mouth. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm really excited about today's show. Also, <laughs> really excited to play this first song, which might be, you know, it's kind of a lot for the morning, but I also think it's just so amazing. Um, I got to see this band in Oakland last night at the New Parish, and at uh, I also got to meet a couple of the people in the band, which was really cool because uh, my friend is friends with them. Um, so this is Clipping. They're really, uh, really interesting uh, hip hop uh, group because they, the way that they write 
the lyrics is really different than than your typical um, style for hip hop. It's very third person telling stories about people. And also uh, David Diggs, who is the rapper in it. He's also an actor and doing Broadway stuff now. Um, he was in the original cast of Hamilton, actually. Um, he He's just so fast. It's incredible. And the position I was in, I was actually kind of to the side of the stage, and I got to see the faces of everybody in the front row, which was just fascinating and delightful. But watching people go like sing along with him, so I'm, I'm like, how could you even possibly keep up? He's so fast. Anyway, this is a new, a uh, brand new single, uh, "Blood of the Fang," from uh, uh, clipping. Yeah. So, here it is. By the Christians, it is written that in the black Merthian age, there existed an addiction to blood, 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 blood. Drink it up. 50 years bout enough. Time to come back. Blood, blood. They wanna call the bluff. Okay then. Time to come back. What up? Hell King Huey, do it for fluid, you knew it was moving forever. Loop it, the truth is the movement was really too clever. Who is the newest to do it, pursuing a useless, polluted agenda? Too long to get they bullshit together, 50 years bad enough. Patient, gave him a two year grace. 6-6 six, six came, then they saw the true face. Black on black on black, irate. Had them all running scared straight out the gate. Skin do, show you who can, that's it though. What's inside, never been too simple. Syrup, he sipped cause he can't taste his own. Drink it up, drink it up. You belong in every milliliter of They tried to take out every military leader But you was born to be a martyr And that doesn't mean a thing Because that body really me Fill it up Your history is one you might consider killing for This ain't the shit they taught you When you went to kindergarten What you need to know is in the Queen Angela done told y'all Grasp at the root So what y'all talking about? Hands up, don't shoot Look back Blood on the ground Look straight They still shooting Jump back Still here now what that tell you about death? Death ain't shit. You got to drink it up, drink it up. in the sky if you ready dice are open like confetti they thought you was playing no really the game was more training infinity and much of it blues time to fly cause you know time fickle so cold finna snow swing a icicle taking out a police or a politician issue in a statement saying turn it on a dime against a nickel and it ain't just money b this ain't honey sweet but it's funny to think of them wanting to speak when this pain is deep and ingrained in Drink it up, dress it down, queen shit, wear the crown, king shit, wear the wounds, new blood in the wombs, loose loose, split the tombs, bubble goose, suede shoes, looking like a who's who with the dead, come back, bust ahead, run track to the red, black suit, black hair, black wings, black stare, black over the button up, bruh, acting a fool when just acting, you knew about adapting since you started tapping, and in the dark, flapping the full moon, asking if you knew the passion that grew on a mask, because they were never seeking the basics, Geronimo, Eric, and Gregory with they faces, and every book record, a CD even made the MP3s laces. Brother Malcolm done told y'all, by any means. So what y'all talking about? All on the same team. Look back. Blood on the ground. Look straight. They still shooting. Jump back. Still here. Now what that tell you about death? Death ain't shit. You got to...
an opponent for what they figured was only three good human and they thought they couldn't slay by disconnecting for the truth but look your brother George is back again and never did look finer said it's time to gather up another meeting of the Inus said they quit and could have kill him in America can't either man he been sleeping since 71 ain't it time to feed a really simple little sum he up in the Cadillac with little Bobby Hutton riding shoddy with a shoddy swooping up the cousins they still whooping for your blood they're Bobby Steelers at the door when they were grouping but the club and brother Elder just keeping souls on ice till the time was just right now suffices Emery got the scene drawn up nice and a feeny here with pocket thug life Kathleen black and beautiful as a motto was out of up in here sipping the bloody capital Cubano with Hill it on the seat next to a baby sitting around waiting for him I just say something five and that mother following to the night let it swallow eyes on the sparrow tomorrow you know the marrow is hollow when night is airing the collars after the rest of the model of effervescence when all of it manifested they never bothered to question while calling for the arrest and murder guess they never knew it was a test to best assess the way to move in and digest the flesh of every wicked human to the best and blackest blood is back to ruling Prince Stoke Lee done told y'all have no fear so how come every time to be like yeah 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 y'all look scared look back blood on the ground look straight they still shooting jump back still here now what that tell you about death death ain't shit you got to Listening to Radical Advice on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. I'm your host, Lily Sloan. Uh, and you just heard Blood of the Fang by Clipping. Uh, new new music from, from them. Such a delight to see them live last night, though I am quite tired. Why, why, why does the band start at 10.30 on a Monday night? Ah. <sighs> Anyway, still really glad I went. <laughs> um, so you are uh, going to get to hear something really special today. Um, I recorded a conversation a couple weeks ago that I'm going to share with you now. So the backstory is that every year KCRW, which is the NPR member station serving Los Angeles, hosts a contest called the KCRW Radio Race. And a few Bay Area podcast producers and myself formed a team to compete in this 24-hour challenge. So we're really proud of the work we did. Um, we got fourth place. They created they created an honorable mention category just for us because they just couldn't they couldn't stand to not give us something. But they we didn't quite make third place. Um, but we're so so proud of the work we did and. Um, Maybe especially because, you know, outside of the winning a thing part, um, it it turned out to be such a deeply therapeutic process. So today I'm going to share with you that conversation with the three other producers, Chelsea Cagano, Emily Shaw, and Lilia Vega, um, with some breaks for music. Um, so just a couple notes before we dive in. The content of the story, which is centered around Lilia's family, involves the topic of sexual abuse. So we don't go, the story itself doesn't go into detail about that, and we don't go into detail about that in our conversation. Um, it, it's, it's, it would be unnecessary uh, to add that level of, uh, you know, I guess potentially dramatizing material uh, for you, um, so we left that out, um, but it's still part of it. And you know, if that's something that's going to be difficult for you, take care when listening or don't listen. 
Also, there's one or two moments when a couple of us mistakenly refer to Lilia with she, her pronouns, and Lilia's preferred pronouns are they, them. So I wanted to clear that up. Okay, so here's the first part of the discussion. Um, yeah, keep it, keep it locked in. I think it's going to be really great. Community Radio. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever. All your friends are doing it. I'm just so thrilled and honored to have you here today. I have Lilia Vega. Hey. I have Emily Shaw. Hello. And I have Chelsea Cagano. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. Um, so I have all three of you here with me today because the four of us did something really special together, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> I mean, whatever, no big deal. Um, yeah, so what happened? What did we do? <laughs> well, I'll just say the like the resume version. Okay, what's the resume <laughs> Which is, version? So this is Emily Shaw speaking. Um, so we got together for the 2019 KCRW radio race, um, which is a, an annual event where people all over the world um, have 24 hours to make a radio story that's four minutes or less. And um, you don't know what the prompt is until the morning of when they announce it. And so, um, yeah, so this race happened. They announced the prompt. We all got together and made a story that ultimately made it to the top 10 um, and then made it to the top, like, seven. Four. Well, uh, was there a seven? There, was there a top seven that I missed? Well, because there were, like, the other awards. Like, there was, like... Oh. One, two, three. Like social media. And then there was like one. the Nocturnist Award and oh, the Work It Award. Okay, okay. Anyways, but what it says on my resume <laughs> and website <laughs> is we made it to the top 4% of submissions. Um, so it was the top four out of, or seven out of 165. Yeah. And sorry, this is like showing a lot about how I think about things. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the data. Right. No. Anyways, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and we received an honorable mention, and yeah. our piece pa- played on the radio. It played on KCRW <laughs> very recently, <laughs> uh, which is LA's like NPR station, essentially. So, I said at the beginning of us doing this, all I want is to win. All I care about yeah. is winning, yeah. <laughs> which is so not true, but it was fun to say it. That was true, <laughs> Lily. You did want to win. Well, of course, I wanted to win. Yeah, was, that's not all yeah. I wanted. So. Yeah, we're going to talk more about the process of doing this um, from a lot of different angles. But part of why I thought it was really relevant for this show is that it was a very heavy emotional piece that in and of itself was um, a lot to make. And Lilia, this was your story. This was your personal story. Can each of you just say a little bit about like who you are and how you ended up on this team to do this project. Hi everyone, this is Chelsea. Um, I met all of these lovely individuals um, through a networking group for for audio lovers in the Bay Area. Um, yeah, I recently just quit my job. Woo. <laughs> I feel really good about it. Taking the leap once again, I've done this before. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping to do a lot more audio this piece and this project and working with these wonderful people motivated me and inspired me to to pursue this more with intention. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. What initially made you decide to join a team to do this crazy thing? Emily asked me. <laughs> and I love Emily, so I said, okay. <laughs> hey, that's a good enough reason. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Lilia, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, who you are and why, sure. why you're part of this? All right, let's see if I can condense it all to one or two sentences. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lilia Vega, and I am an independent audio producer and DJ. Ooh. My DJ name is Mama Coco. Ow. You can hear me on KALX 90.7 FM every now and then. Uh, I also have some background in audio journalism. So I was a reporter at KALX, and I was the news director for a year. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, I was in KALW's uh, Audio Academy program, which is a year-long audio journalism program. And yeah, I like telling stories, and I'm, I love podcasts. And that's how I met everyone here, was through uh, our mutual love of podcasts. Yep, and and I was very happy to discover early on our mutual love of Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, how about you? You're the one who got us all wrangled up in this mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Emily. <laughs> yeah, so I had heard about the radio race before um, and felt terrified. It's funny, actually, I was like, I would never do something like that. That sounds so stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this year I was really feeling like I would just want, I've done a lot of like branded podcast work. Oh, so I can introduce myself. I'm a podcast producer. Um, and that's my job now. And I've done a lot of branded podcast work and I think, and just like client work. And I was just really feeling like I wanted to make something really creative and just like focus on the craft, not to say that branded work doesn't focus on the craft, but not having any constraints and just being able to make something artistic, um, and get to collaborate and learn from other creative people that I really admire. So that was why I reached out to all of you to see if you would want to be <laughs> on a team together. And I was so excited when everyone said yes. Yeah. 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 I was really excited that you asked because I had seen it, the radio race come up last year and was like, ah, like it's just the whole idea overwhelmed me. I yeah. didn't even really look into it. And so to have a team of people to do it with was so... And to have someone else instigate was really, mm-hmm. really fun. So why don't uh, I go ahead and play our piece? It's four minutes long. It's a little bit heavy, but it's four minutes long. You're going to be okay. Um, and then we'll talk about it more. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. Great. Cool. So here we go. This is called This Shadow. Heads up. This piece discusses the topic of childhood sexual abuse. Listen with care. I remember I was with an aunt of mine and we we were looking through this photo album and there was a picture that he happened to be in. So she said, oh, what a nice photo. Um, and she covered his face. She didn't know that I knew. I must have clued her in somehow. Yeah, that was one of those moments that I realized <laughs> Oh my God, I know the secret. <laughs> I'm part of it now. It's like it's like figuring out that Santa Claus isn't real and then suddenly you're like part of this group of adults who just kind of look at each other and wink at each other. Now I'm the adult who is watching out for my cousins as they're running around.
think I was a teenager. I got into this big argument with my mother it was for, for something really silly. But I yelled at her and I said, like, you're abusing me. Like, you're abusing your child. And she yelled at me and she said, you don't know what it means to be abused because I was abused. And um, it shut me up. <laughs> and then uh, after she had calmed down, she came to me and she just sat me down and really calmly explained what had happened to her. Do you find it difficult to, to say it, what he did and who he is? Um, well, I mean, he's a pedophile. That's it. I don't think I've ever heard that word out of anyone's mouth, though. I feel more of a sense of urgency now that he's dying. And I keep thinking, oh, after he's dead, we're going to talk about it. Like, you know, this shadow is going to be lifted for my family. Everything's going to come to light and we can just... We can be happy. We don't have to worry about how we dress or compose ourselves in front of him. We don't have to like watch our kids around him. It's It'll be happy and fun. And I'm afraid that he's going to die and people are going to remember him as this like grandfather figure instead of a monster, which is what he is. Like, it's, it's just time now. I'm, fe I'm fed up. What does this mean in a concrete way? Maybe just, like, inviting everyone in my family except for him to, like, a dinner. <laughs> what would you say if you really... I'd say, hi there. I'm, uh, I'm Lilia. You know who I am. I'm named after my mother. I brought you all here today to tell you that we can stop pretending. Let's talk about it. You don't have to feel alone in this anymore. We're all family. I'm sorry that that happened to you. And it's okay now. This piece was produced by Chelsea Kigano, Emily Shaw, Lily Sloan, and Lilia Vega as part of the 24-hour radio race from KCRW's Independent Producer Project. Music was composed by Lily Sloan. You're listening to Radical Advice on BFF.FM. I am Lily Sloan, and that was... Uh, um, the radio piece that I made along with um, Chelsea Kigano, Emily Sean, Lilia Vega for the KCRW 24-hour radio race. And for that, you are hearing our conversation here in the studio about the process of making this. So we're going to continue more um, of that conversation in a bit Um before we go deeper into that process of this emotionally intense and therapeutic story, um, let's take a breather. And then we can you can come back and we'll uh, share our reflections on how we made this piece. So here's a moom with Awake on a Train, a nice, relaxing piece of music that I like to turn to. 
You are listening to Radical Advice on BFF.fm. I'm Lily Sloan, and that was Awake on a Train by Moom. Nice long piece there. So, well, um, as I said, uh, today we're sh- I'm sharing my interview with Chelsea Cagano, Emily Shaw, and Lilia Vega about the radio piece that we made together for the KCRW 24-hour radio race. So let's keep it going with our reactions to listening to the piece um, once again, now that it's out in the world. Um, you are listening to Radical Advice. Keep on listening. I'm curious, just listening to it through now, people's reflections. Um, Lilia, I kind of wanted to start with you. This was mm-hmm. a really big story for you to share with us. Yeah. And then share with, like, I don't know, millions of people. <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't know the numbers. I don't know what kind of numbers. Yeah, Casey KCRW really is a pretty big station. Um, well, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's think about that now. But. <laughs> I mean, but actually that's fantastic because the whole piece is about having this family secret that, like, I can't talk about and I just feel... Like, when I told the story, it was like a damn broke. Like, it was just bursting out of me. Yeah. And, like, what what I wanted from this experience was be able to start a conversation with my family. And they are based in L.A. So it's possible they heard this on the radio, which is crazy. Have you, have you heard from anyone? No. Um, they do follow me on social media. And yeah. so they, they, they've seen this. Uh-huh. Or they've they know that it exists and um i consulted my mom and i i right. asked for her permission to be able to tell the story um so yeah um they know i haven't had that dinner yet but <laughs> i do want to have some sort of family gathering um yeah because i i like like i said in the piece i'm fed up right it's really weird to hear it again i've listened to it a few times now Mm-hmm. And when I heard it on the radio, it didn't like, I didn't have the same emotional reaction as when I first heard it when it was completed. Yeah. Um, like I'd kind of been like, like was a little bit numb. Like it didn't, it didn't feel like myself. It felt like an assignment almost. Now hearing it again, I do, I feel that emotion again. Mm-hmm. Um, what, and what emotion is that? Oh, I don't know. The ending did give me a sense of peace, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of what we wanted. Like we wanted it to end on a good note, um, like on a hopeful note. And I felt that like swelling of emotion, mm. especially when that, when you hear that musical cue, mm-hmm. uh, the piano coming in after I say like, oh, maybe a dinner. <laughs> um, yeah. The beginning of it did feel a little strange. It felt like I was listening or like reading a journal of that I had written and like I hear how wretched I am and I feel sorry for that person Mm. but I didn't like feel those I like I didn't necessarily feel that myself but I did feel that that swell of like hope at the end huh that I mean it makes me wonder if it's like the experience of having the story arc go there Mm -hmm. kind of stuck with you yeah where you're no longer 
feeling in the place that you were during yeah. the moment when, during the interview when mm-hmm. the stuff from the beginning came out yeah I think I do have a more like mature understanding of this story than I did before and I think part of that comes from the experience of making it hmm. and you know and I feel like it should be noted that that not even four minutes of that was you speaking, but mm. all of that there in this story was from 45 minutes of talking. Yeah, there's a lot that you don't hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. And, you know, we, we most of the time we spent was actually distilling that down. Mm-hmm. But I also just, as you were talking about, like how it feels to have like the music cue come in and, mm-hmm. and it's how you felt when you heard it, the, the finished version, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to get really teary, but thinking about that moment between us at like, I don't know, 3 (laughs) a.m. in Emily's dining room. Mm -hmm. I think Chelsea was napping, probably, (laughs) and Emily might have been working on something or napping, but like this was the part where we were adding music. Mm -hmm. And so it was really actually... I thought I was going to go off by myself and do that, but it was actually really great to have you sit there and, mm-hmm. and for us to do it together. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment where it just felt right, and we both started crying yeah. <laughs> and like <laughs> hugging. There was so much crying and hugging that day, but like just like that moment of like, wow. oh, this is the piece. Yeah. Like it's it's come together, and it felt like such an honor for me to be able to help it feel healing for you to tell this story and to create something beautiful in a way that that made it feel like transformative in Mm -hmm. some way and that moment really like just sticks with me yeah in that sense yeah this might sound weird to say this is emily jumping in but i literally sometimes will just listen to the end like i just go on soundcloud and i just listen to the end because it feels really cathartic to hear that so yeah, I've listened to the whole thing a lot of times, and it's, yeah, it's funny how each time it's a little different based on where you're at, but yeah, how about either either you, Chelsea, or Emily, like, your reflections on hearing it now and where you're kind of at with it? Um, I've listened to the piece a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I've, I've lost count. <laughs> Same. Yeah, and I've shared it with people. I do not have, like, I'm not on social media a lot. But um, when I'm with someone, <laughs> I usually ask them to, to hear it. Aww. And sometimes um, I give them my headphones and I ask them to, to listen. I had a few folks when it came on the air. Um, um, and I told them when it was going to come on the air. I messaged me and said, this was great. You know, this was powerful. Um, and I'm proud of you, even though it's not my story. You know, I'm just, you know, I played a relatively small role in it. <laughs> but it, it's, I'm so um in like in awe of Lilia's bravery mm-hmm. um I don't think I could do this do mm-hmm. what she did um I admire her so much and um listening to it now I feel those same emotions mm-hmm. You're right next to me, kind yeah. of. There's, some, yeah. like, very There's like a wall between you. There's <laughs> a little like confessional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, a little good barrier. Yeah. 
And the fact that you're even laughing now and we're all laughing together and, you know, and just, it's remarkable. Um, storytelling, storytelling, mm-hmm. storytelling is remarkable. Um, and it should be valued. It's brought us all together. Yeah. We laughed a lot that day. We did. Too. Yeah. 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 And we're continuing to do so. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's my reflection. Uh-huh. Experience the full spectrum of emotions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure, I had my moments of like no sleep and like needing to get it done where I even experienced like irritation or like, anger. you know, we did, we did all the feels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Emily, how about you? Yeah, I feel like I listened to it so many times that I have the whole we're, thing. We're memory. so into ourselves. No, I know. So. <laughs> Well, but yeah, honest, to be totally honest, like that's actually how I relate to a lot of the audio projects that I've made because for me, at least in my own process, it it is about something that I need to hear and work through personally, all the like independent projects that I make. And so mm-hmm. there actually often is something kind of healing and cathartic about listening to it again. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm getting that message that I kind of feel like I need. Yeah. Um, and it's like nourishing to me in some way. Um, and... Yeah, so I listen to it a lot of times, and so I have it, like, memorized, you know? It's like, oh, now it's that part. And, yeah. um, and so, but I think what I, what I really felt this time was um, it was powerful to see Lilia while listening and be like, oh, yeah, Lilia's a real person. <laughs> um, and I was feeling curious about, like, what you were feeling. Um, and then when Lily's sound design came in at the end i was just i was thinking i was like oh my god lily is lily is so amazing and sound is like the like the music is so perfect and it's so like nuanced and just i was like oh my god lily's amazing and like that's so cool and i think there just there is something about that end that feels so healing You're listening to Radical Advice on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. Community radio for the San Francisco music scene. BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. Um, I uh, got a little carried away there while that was playing, um, trying to argue with someone on Twitter about the definition of racism. So <laughs> really off to a good start on Tuesday morning. Anyway, um, that was, uh, again, the second portion of my conversation with uh, the team of producers that I produced this radio piece with. So that was Chelsea Cagano, Emily Shaw, and Lilia Vega. Um, So we're going to keep it going with our reactions about... uh, about this uh, process of creation, but first I want to play a little bit of music, so stay tuned. Um, up next is Winners from Lip Talk, mostly picked it just because the name. Thank you. 
frequencies forever um i am lily sloan you just heard a newer blood orange track um take it back and before that was winners by lip talk just really enjoying that album lately um and today we have been going through a conversation that i had a couple weeks ago with my fellow producers from the KCRW radio race. So um, before we continue, I just want to remind you that BFF.FM is a community radio station that is supported by our listeners. And it takes a lot of money to keep this operation going and and, um, doing the incredible things that we are doing with the local music scene and the wider music scene and creating a space for... um, really diverse set of DJs to come in and create content that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Um, so I really recommend that you go to bff.fm slash donate and become a monthly contributor. You could be a bestie if you contribute $10 a month or more. Also, one-time donations are greatly appreciated. Whatever you can afford, um, it's a great way to, to feel like you're part of this and part of keeping this incredible thing going. Also, we have a monthly concert series called Our Besties Bash that is uh, so awesome. Such amazing uh, musicians come and play in the secret alley here, our little um, studio space. It's such a magical place that I I think you wouldn't even want to miss that. But the music is great, too. And this Saturday is our show, Besties. People who are monthly contributors get in for free, but otherwise we just ask for a small donation at the door. And uh, it's it's at a great time, 4 to 7 p.m., um, which just makes me really happy that that's my kind of show. Um, so this Saturday, the 19th, and uh, I know for a fact that my friend Sean will be playing in a newly formed Modest Mouse cover band called Modest Blouse. And I, I saw some videos online of them playing and I, they just nail it. They just nail it. Um, so definitely recommend coming. You can learn more um, on BFF's Facebook page or on our website. Um, yeah. And now I'm going to continue with my conversation with Chelsea, Emily, and Lilia about the radio story that we made. So um, we're going to talk a bit more now about the creative process and storytelling. 
more about storytelling because it is part of uh, how we operate as humans. It can be a part of healing, changing narratives, um, exploring the narratives that we're say already... The, say the quote that you said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> this happens sometimes where I say something and Emily's like, that has to be a quote. And then she like texted it to all of us. <laughs> I don't know. I feel awkward about it because I don't know that it that it's that brilliant. Do you want to say it? I'll read it. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Lily. Clearly, I'm used to being like leading the show and not letting you lead. Okay. Um, <laughs> earlier, Lily said storytelling is dangerous and necessary. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and what I mean by that is that we're all telling story ourselves and each other's stories all the time and. That can, that if we get too attached to those stories or we frame them in a particular way, it can leave out a lot of other important aspects of our, you know, dimensionality and and all of that. So, and that and that's a way it can be dangerous, but it's also necessary because it's what our brains have to do to kind of make sense of the world. It's, it can be shortcuts, and then bringing it to what you know, this audio storytelling that we all are engaged in and this piece we made, it can be really transformative and healing and powerful. And, and then I can loop that back around to the dangers, like how it could be manipulative. But in this case, I've thought about this particular project and what we all kind of did together as storytelling being healing. And I think about um, what they call narrative therapy where people actually, as part of their therapy, look at the stories they tell themselves and maybe rewrite them in particular ways. So, yeah, I just, I want to kind of open up discussion about the process for us of how we narrowed down this 45-minute conversation about what's going on, what was going on for Lilia and her family into a four-minute story that felt complete in and of itself. And that was, I think, what we spent the most time on. I mean, it took a little while to transcribe it, but we spent a long time being like, well, what about this clip? Oh, I really like this quote. How do we how do we get these in line together to tell a story that also is the right length because we had this time limit and that, that feels complete? I feel like um, while we were like choosing um, selects or particular parts of the conversation that we wanted to include and make into a story um um Lilia she was very instrumental I feel like we were constantly going back to her and asking her if it was if it made sense and if it if it worked um yeah I think for me during the entire experience um I feel like you all played a, like a very big role in like compiling all of that audio into um one singular story that would that was four minutes long um and i think my role i was truly just observing and and trying my best um to be a part and you know to give um a little bit of my feedback um but i think it it was just beautiful to witness and i'm I'm using all of these very fluffy words (laughs) this is what i feel and i'm very emotional yeah Um, just to see everyone working together and, you know, asking the questions and Lilia, you being open to so much, 
um, yeah, and just, um, I feel like those four minutes, it doesn't feel like four minutes. It feels like, like um, in a good way, in the best way possible, it feels like a, like a lifetime. It was just an yeah. entire life in four minutes, right. an entire history. Of course, yeah, it was an entire history, and it was something that hit you, you know, mm-hmm. like a brick. Mm-hmm. And I, it was amazing to see that process. And um, yeah, that's it. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Reflecting on it, feeling longer, it made me mm-hmm. think about the idea of the the specific kind of like a specific thing, getting as specific as possible in how like the the pieces that we pulled that would give us a much, much bigger picture within a small amount of time. Mm. And that was that was not through broad, like doing just broad strokes. It was actually through getting more specific about the way things were described. Mm. And in that sense, it did kind of create like a much bigger picture in this condensed space. I also feel like it's... Um relevant to talk about how we like set the stage mm-hmm. for making this also is yeah. this a good moment to talk about totally that? yeah um and the framing so basically we all met at my apartment on saturday morning and we were going to have breakfast and so i got every detail of this is important <laughs> <laughs> i went and got bagels we and locks we had locks and tomatoes we had cream and cheese, cream cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even capers, I can't remember. No, there weren't capers. No, okay. Um, and then... What did it smell like? No, it was just kind of like <laughs> wanting it to feel like a fun thing. You know, because I yeah. think the way I had thought about the radio race was like, this is a really stressful... Like, why would I ever do something like that? That sounds really hard and stressful. Yeah. And so I think I just... For me, like, I wanted it to feel like something we were all, like, choosing what it was going to be like. Um, anyway, so we all arrived we had breakfast we saw what the theme was we should say the theme was where the sun don't shine that's right we didn't say that yeah yeah and i think we kind of were a little bit slow and kind of mulling like still eating our breakfast like we didn't start like right at 11 a.m or whatever when it started Mm -hmm. i think we were like oh yeah maybe they posted the theme (laughs) um and then we all went in the living room and i had these giant sticky notepads and i think first we all run I kind of, <laughs> I kind of like facilitated slash ordered everyone. No, it's great. It's very useful. Say, I think we all went around and set our intentions mm-hmm. for the radio race. So it was like, you know, Lily said, "I want to win." Um, <laughs> it was the things only like, thing I said. Yeah. Yes, I did say that. It was funny because I was kind of like, "Oh, whatever," and then you were like, "I want to win," and I was like, "Okay, like let's try." I yeah, I love that moment because it was. I think when we all realized that we actually want to take this seriously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so we had different intent. Like it was kind of questions like, "Do we want to stay up all night?" Like, "How chill do we want to be?" You know, and mm-hmm. I think some of our intentions were things like. I want to collaborate and feel creative. Like, I want to express myself. I want to, yeah, things like that. Um, And and then we all ran around and listed out our, like, superpowers. Mm -hmm. Um, So things like, I have a lot of contacts in this neighborhood of the city. Or, like, I was born here and grew up here. Or... Um, like I'm a therapist or I think sexual frustration I won't say whose that was but sexual frustration was one of the was that, a super, that was a superpower <laughs> <laughs> things like that anyways now I'm like what's that 
I'm like, no, 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 I'm like no, no. I don't remember whose it was. Let's not it, say whose it was. It could have been mine. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, so we all listed our superpower and things like sound design and engineering and mm-hmm. story editing, things like that, or cutting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we all like brainstormed and like wrote down all of our ideas. And we were actually thinking about making it about Carl the Fog. Right. And I, I DM'd Carl on Twitter, never heard back. Which is super funny. <laughs> but now I'm like, I don't care because yeah. we ended up with something better. Yeah. And I think to, for me, at least, it felt really important to have that like foundation and that framing before just jumping in so that we were all kind of aligned on what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I think we it was just nice to have this sense of collaboration um, about all wanting to be creative, all wanting to do something that was like an enjoyable experience and wanting to make the best quality thing that we could. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think in that, then we brainstormed story ideas and like Lilia, you threw out this this one about your family, but kind of was the last thing that was mentioned. Yeah. I, and I just said family, family secrets, secrets, right? Yeah. yeah, you said family secrets. And I wasn't even, I'd like, I really wasn't going to share it. <laughs> share my. So what changed, what happened in that like brief period of time that it went from uh, family secrets to like, I need to tell this story about my family. Um, well, f- we were recording the whole thing, right? When we were brainstorming. No, no we didn't start no. recording until we started wondering. Mm-hmm. We started oh, brainstorming. Talk to your mom. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, we we uh-huh. basically started discussing with you. Uh-huh. How would you feel about doing this? Yeah, and so we were like, oh, we better record this in case we do do it. I remember. Yeah. And then that became the recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the process. Okay, so I throughout family secrets as a possible topic and then just like as a way to this is i was just making conversation (laughs) casual conversation by the way my grandpa this was on my mind like i couldn't like it like was kind of filling my thoughts so i just like mentioned like oh yeah like like i have this family secret and like my and like the person like whom it concerns is dying right now and I feel like after he's dead, we're gonna, it's the secret's gonna come to light. To light. And of course, like you all jumped on that. And like, wait, 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 wait. Like, what? Like, what is this? Tell me more. Um, yeah. Which, like, I didn't feel pressured to talk about it. Like, I wanted to talk about it. So, like, I just, yeah, I was like, started unburdening myself. And then, Lily, you, you recognized that something was happening or like that. Mm. Or that, like, or you just wanted to, like, keep track of what I was saying yeah and you started recording and that's how this yeah that's how this piece was born yeah and it was like the three like Emily and Chelsea and I sat around you while you talked and we all three of us asked questions Mm -hmm. um and it felt like it almost felt like a three on one therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. you had three interviewers for yeah. one subject. Yeah. And you can was... kind of hear that in the four minute piece. Like you yeah. hear Chelsea saying, like, uh, do you find it hard to say? Yeah, you hear Chelsea and Emily both ask a question. Yeah. yeah. Which wasn't yeah, it wasn't like, oh, we all need to have our voices in here. It was that this is literally how we were doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of want to talk about, like, what we decided to cut out mm, and why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess I can start. Um, we had this theme, which was um, where the sun don't shine. And so I think 
I, at least I had this idea of creating a story that's about something that's in the shadow and it coming to light. So we kind of needed to, like, we wanted to focus on that. But there was this whole other story happening, I think, in about, like, me, my, my relationship with my mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because yeah. originally, weren't we thinking that the story was about you calling your mom? Mm-hmm. That was part of it. Like, you, mm-hmm. and it was a possibility, like, you had said, I really, I want to call my mom. And part of calling her was actually feeling like you did want yeah. her blessing mm-hmm. on doing this. But also, yeah, like, for a long time in, in the process of making it, I was really attached to having a call with your mom mm-hmm. be in the piece. Yeah. Um, now that it's not, I'm like... Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But it, it felt like, yeah, the story was how, how are you and your mom addressing it together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I think it was just a matter of, like, practicality. Like, it just, we that's something that we had to sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but, but that, yeah, that was, like, one possible mm-hmm. um, uh, narrative uh, approach would have uh-huh. been the story of you and your mom around this. Mm-hmm. And you recorded your whole conversation with your mom. I too. did. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Very meandering and <laughs> boring, but <laughs> well, at that point that you did talk to her mm-hmm. and it was, we were all editing, we were all trying to figure out the story and you mm-hmm. were like, I really need to talk to my mom. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was like, you were going through a whole process that day through mm-hmm. doing this piece. And so you calling her was kind of, part of that process even though it didn't end up in the piece yeah yeah I think it I don't know that I maybe I would have shut down if I hadn't talked to her Mm. and like I don't know that I would have been able to continue to contribute um but yeah after I talked to her I felt so much better Mm -hmm. and yeah and like we weren't even done we hadn't even like pieced a full story like the the story together like right we didn't even have an outline right <laughs> so, so well, yeah I guess it it was part of the process it was it is yeah. in the story in a way yeah well and that's that's the interesting thing. I get very attached to like people hearing things without recognizing that something you know that we might have experienced in the process of making it is part of it whether people explicitly are are aware of it or not but the other, you know, the other narrative direction that we grappled with a bit was you spoke a lot about uh, sort of a, like, feelings of sort of revenge or vengeance towards your grandfather. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that was an angle we could have taken. We played around with some of that, mm-hmm. um, but ultimately decided to go a different direction. Why do you think that was for you didn't you say something like i want to burn shit down or yeah, like, yeah 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 <laughs> i like yeah like a lot of a lot of language around like not like wanting to make sure that his like his legacy like, tarnish is, his legacy tarnish his yeah. legacy yeah um yeah and I, I we were pretty attached to it i yeah. think because i was so emotional when talking about that stuff right and it was very um mm-hmm. it felt re- so relevant to to like bigger Mm-hmm. themes going on in the world right now mm-hmm. and powerful men you know mm-hmm. getting away with shit yeah I'm, I'm I think I'm glad that it's not in there though because now it's a story about like family and healing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm not sure that we would have had enough time to in a four minute piece to bring up 
the revenge, those feelings of revenge and have a satisfying conclusion because there like there still isn't any justice. Right. He still hasn't seen justice. Right. So that is that's something that's unresolved. Totally. Yeah. 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 And that's not the only part of the healing process or the only story to tell. Mm-hmm. And in a way maybe that makes it more about him again. Yeah. To focus on that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean how what like how about you two Chelsea or Emily, like how did it feel to make those kinds of decisions around things that you were attached to and in what we had spoken about with Lilia? Um, so I try my best not to be attached to things. <laughs> well, there you go. That's how you do it. <laughs> well, and Emily meditates, so she's a Buddhist and practices non-attachment. Um, I think what was most important um, for me was making sure that Lilian was comfortable um, throughout the entire process. Yeah. Um, it was important for me to make sure they felt good about the piece that they were creating. Um, and I, for some reason, I didn't want to lead it. Mm-hmm. I wanted Lilia to, to lead it um, because this was their story. Um, yeah, so that meant not uh, not getting attached, mm-hmm. you know, and rolling with it. Um, that was really important for me. I was just imagining if I were in their role or in their place and if I was telling my own story, how would I feel? What would I want? How would I want people to treat me? How would I want the story to be to be created? You know, would I want a say? Of course, I would. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was an important element in the room and throughout the entire process. And that meant that you know I was just I needed to. Uh, I think letting go is an important piece. And I feel like Emily, you. That was one of the things that you were working on. I think we were brainstorming, is practicing letting go. And I think that's something I've always, you know, it's always been a part of me, but it's maybe not the best thing. (laughs) In this case, it was. But, um, yeah, you know, letting go of the reins. Yeah. Emily, you have any thoughts on that? Um, I don't have specific memories about like feeling attached to certain things and then deciding to cut it. Um, I did one piece I thought was interesting was around how we all kind of stepped in or stepped back and practiced self care during the process. So like, I know for myself, I was feeling kind of like overstimulated and like it was pretty intense, you know, to be working on this and listening to the material. And so I kind of like went and took a break, you know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I went and, bought a pizza and picked something up from somewhere and just kind of was like driving and doing stuff and then came back and it was just kind of cool to bring this like very nourishing delicious pizza that we all you know I don't know just felt like there was this it kind was cool of cool to receive it yeah like just this space to be like I'm gonna go do what I need to do to take care of myself and just like that checking in with oneself that it 
seemed like we all had permission to do was really mm-hmm. nice. Um, and I think for me, that was a really important part of this process and story was that the process was more important than the end result. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. So it was like, or the process is the end result. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, I think I can associate this with the radio world a little bit where it's like, here's this really dramatic story and like, it's going to be so entertaining for people or like people are going to want to listen to this because some crazy thing happened. And it's uh-huh. like kind of a traumatic experience for the person whose story it at. Like it's like taking their story to then have an audience be entertained. Right. And even that's something I've experienced in my own life with a story about my own family that I was like, I pitched to a certain show and I just remember the way that they, it was about like my, you know, father was sick and passed away when I was a kid. It's like this very personal, very like trauma related story. And I just remember talking to the executive producer about it and him just totally being completely like unsympathetic. <laughs> like it was like completely as if it was 100% a story that I was pitching them and mm-hmm. 0% anything emotionally related to my life at all. Yeah. And I just, it felt like it was really commodified or something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't end up having it, you know, on that show. And I haven't, like, finished that piece yet. But mm-hmm. I think that influenced me wanting to feel, like, our experience, like, and especially, of course, Lily's experience of feeling like this was a positive and healing thing was way more important and always going to be the most important thing yeah. than, you know, whatever the end result was. And then I feel like it made the end result better because you can hear that in the piece. You can hear that something real was happening and it's not just like an empty story of someone like telling us, telling facts. Like there's actually something happening there that I feel like was happening because of how we framed it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I shouldn't speak for you, Lily. I should let you speak for yourself. Yeah. (laughs) To be clear, (laughs) this was a healing experience for me. (laughs) And I really appreciated how cautious we all were about that but I think part of why is because Lilia you were there and you were part of the whole process and I think that sometimes it made me think about how I produce stories when the subject isn't part of that process with me Mm. and that I might in that space where they're not there with me making those decisions with me I might do more commodifying or I might they might listen to it later and not feel like it really reflect the way I edited it might not really reflect their experience. It might be a great sounding story to somebody else, but it might not be something supportive or useful to the person that I actually am telling, like sharing the story about. And so it just, it just leaves a lot to think about in terms of how we as producers tell other people's stories or represent other people you being more at the center of those decisions and that process was felt felt good to me it felt better to me Mm. and i can see lots of situations where it's like well it helps that you're also a producer (laughs) you know (laughs) like you you understand it from that angle as well Mm -hmm. but there you know there's a push in journalism to like have the people whose stories are being told especially marginalized people be more centered in in the process of packaging and delivering that in a way that is for others to take in what is that we call it like 
decolonizing journalism is that how that's talked about decolonizing documentary decolonizing documentary movement. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i could see the moments where it was like useful possibly useful for you to not make certain decisions or like mm-hmm. to like have some space to go take care of yourself while we tried to work something out mm-hmm. like ultimately you had the final say yeah I appreciated being able to tap out for a little bit to talk to my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think we all we all took breaks at some point where we, yeah, just sort of. Except Lily. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I was like, I almost said that, but then I was like, well, I can't remember. Maybe I did. I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like that. <laughs> I, yeah, I have problems. Um <laughs> I think I get very, like, afraid of stopping, mm-hmm. especially when, you know, like, there's an excitement about working under that kind of a deadline, but I also, I get kind of manic about it and, like, can't stop. So even when we all did finally go to bed officially at, like, three or four, I don't know, I, I had, a, it took me a long time to fall asleep. So it needed to be submitted by 11 a.m. the next day. It took me a long time to fall asleep. And then I woke up at 8 to like, and like couldn't go back to sleep. So I just got up and like made the changes that we had talked about the night before. Because I just couldn't, like I couldn't settle down until it was done. So it wasn't so much like I wasn't allowed to take a break or anything or like, it, it was just my inability to like take a break. But you really carried it to the finish line, so it was very valuable the way that you like owned it. Well, thank yeah. you. I'm that glad. was an amazing moment when you walked into the living room where we were sleeping, and you like had your laptop, and you said, like, "It's done." We literally went to sleep having not finished it. <laughs> we woke up and it was done. <laughs> Christmas <laughs> morning is pretty easy. Santa Claus came to visit. <laughs> BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.
to Radical Advice on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. Uh, I am Lily Sloan, the host of this very show. And we have been listening to, uh, well, that was just New Love Cassette by Angel Olsen from her latest album, All Mirrors. I have not yet taken the time to just listen from uh, start to finish, but the songs I've heard so far are just fucking incredible. So I'm really looking forward to that, and uh, you should you should too. Um, but before that, we had a long chunk of my conversation with Chelsea Cigano, Emily Shaw, and Lilia Vega about collaboration, creativity, storytelling, and emotional healing um, in our process of participating in the KCRW 24-hour radio race recently with a four-minute piece we created uh, around a story um, around Lilia's uh, story about her family. So I'm going to continue that uh, with another with another chunk of that conversation. Thank you for listening. So we were talking a bit about like creating a narrative with that was for. So we were talking a bit about like creating a narrative with that was four minutes long with a 45 minute interview with you, Lilia, <laughs> <laughs> and the process of that. Um, and then before the break, though, this this thing around just um, like different like working styles kind of came up. And so what I was going to reflect on was just like the process of doing something so intensive, a creative thing so intensive with a group of people who Emily and I have worked together a bit because she was my story editor for Therapist Walks Into a Bar. But I haven't worked with you two. And so it it was interesting to just like, at least in this configuration of people in this context, we're suddenly thrown in with like these constraints, mostly a time constraint, but even a thematic constraint. How just noticing in myself like what, habits around collaborating or like group projects or like all those things that came up or communication and ways that I might normally communicate that aren't very direct like do not work in that setting <laughs> and, and noticing myself get more direct and and like that was just a really interesting part of the process too it's like what did the situation which in a way was sort of like not not in a bad way, but in some physiological ways might reflect like a crisis situation. <laughs> like, what does that bring out? And I just wonder if the, if like any of you had any um, reflections or observations on what that was like for you. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's like we were the Avengers, you know, we like each came in with our, we wrote down our superpowers. That's so true. We, yeah. Like, yeah, we all came in with our different experiences and superpowers. Um, it was also really interesting to be the subject of a story. Right. So I, I helped out with like story edits and um, like we, Lily, you and I um, like helped. Right. It was your music that you mm -hmm. composed. But, um, but you helped with figuring out the score, like how we were going to do the scoring, yeah. what uh -huh. felt impactful to you and which songs that I had in my catalog felt the most uh, appropriate tone wise yeah um 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we all kind of fell into our roles. I don't know if other people feel the same way. It felt very natural. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we like. There were some moments where, like, we like maybe assigned stuff to people, but mm-hmm. I feel like it didn't really. I don't know. It didn't feel super. It felt really natural. Like it felt like our roles came about organically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was like. Emily, you were kind of our project manager getting us started and like, what is this process going to be? And like what, you know, helping with the clarity around, uh, like us find clarity around what we were bringing to the table and where we wanted to go with this and what our intentions were. And later when it was like production shit, I kind of became the project manager because I think you and I both have a, like leader, like take like kind of take the reins personalities but we but we use them at different points and i feel like throughout the the process i was i was like uh the intern (laughs) (laughs) i mean no shade on interns but also like i feel i feel like no i'm not shading on it (laughs) it was really great i mean i'm coming into this like as relative to you all pretty amateur and so it was just, you know, even here right now in this studio space, it's incredible to see oh, professional people like you <laughs> working and creating. Your podcast is really cool, Chelsea. It's yeah. just me talking with my friends. Oh, like... yeah. Can you say what your podcast is? Oh, goodness. It's Chelsea from the Internet. Um, yeah. And I haven't done an episode in a really long time, and I'm ashamed Aww. of that. No, I mean, it's, you know... But that shame um, is, like, motivating me to, like, create again. Okay. You know, okay. I don't want to sit in this feeling a lot um, anymore. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I came into this, you know, pretty amateur level of, like, production skills. Um, Lily, you certainly were, you know, supported me when I asked questions. You you, you tried your best to, to teach me <laughs> when you could. Um hmm. Yeah. You were so busy, though, like the entire time. <laughs> and it was great to see that, too. And I wanted to respect that to the best of my ability. Mm. But, yeah, it, for me, it was I learned, like, so much. And a few months back, I had um, applied for this fellowship at this local radio station. Um, and I wanted, I thought that was an opportunity for me to, like, die, to dive in, you mm-hmm. know, to learn the skills that I, that I need in order to, you know, pursue this career. And I didn't get it. Mm. And I was just so idiot. Fuck them, by the way. And yeah, it was just really hard to deal with that. And I kind of, you know, s- wrote off <laughs> mm. any kind of like, you know, dream of becoming an audio professional or working at a uh, broadcast network or anything like that because of that. And I didn't think it was possible. And of course, I know that it certainly is possible um and there are other avenues and it's not just that one but um and then i got a text from emily asking if i wanted to be a part of this great group of folks and to and and i agreed like emphatically i was so excited i was and i saw this as um like a sign you know i don't really believe in signs but when it's convenient i do yeah yeah, yeah. That's, how, that's how that works you're like nothing means anything the universe god is against me <laughs> but i don't believe in god yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i mean i really i just one of the one of the things early on when we were 
basically like three of us interviewing Lilia is I really appreciated um, Chelsea, like the questions that you had for her and your your interviewing was really, at least from from my perspective, was just really empathetic and attuned and tonally matching like where Lilia seemed to be at emotionally like and Lilia you can like tell me oh I fully like, concur I was yeah. gonna say this before like oh okay started. no continue you're, yeah, yeah. you're speaking ex- like exactly how I feel well yeah I mean that's what it looked like and yeah. it felt like I really appreciated your interviewing style in particular and then later when we were kind of getting things together and you you had fallen asleep on Emily's bed um while we were like doing some edits and I was like oh yeah who's gonna do the like you know narration type thing or whatever you know who's gonna introduce it and because by the way all of us said our superpowers were having great like on-air voices (laughs) totally (laughs) like all of us did so I was like oh well I guess we can all be the host yeah and there was just there was obviously gonna just be one host um and I was like, well, just somebody wake Chelsea up and make her do it. <laughs> and, and I was so glad it was you. And like, even though you you recorded that from like, right from waking, like being woken up out of your sleep at like, I don't know, 1 a.m. It, I love your voice on there. And That's I, so nice. And oh, I, goodness. yeah. And I just really like. I just want you to know because I'm hearing some expression of like, I'm the intern. I don't know what I'm doing. Like one of the things about you that I that really stood out um, was your your attunement as a speaker and as an interviewer. Yeah, and I want to hear more of you on the radio. Mm-hmm. And even from hearing your podcast, um, you heard it. Like you shared. I, yeah, 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 yeah. You shared it one of our yeah. one of our yeah. groups. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I do. I, yeah, I tried yeah. To. yeah. I mean, you have like. You are such an empathetic person, I think. And I feel like it really shines through in your interviewing. I mean, even from you just talking about how important it was for you that, like, I felt comfortable and Mm -hmm. safe. Um, Yeah, like, you really care about your subjects, I think. Subject is a weird weird way of referring to a person. You care about other human beings. Yeah. Uh (laughs) There was also an interesting moment that I remember near the very beginning when I think Chelsea you were starting to say something and then you said something like I actually don't want to lead this mm, like we were like right. do you want to ask questions do you want to interview and you and you said no yeah and then you kept going and yeah. I remember I remember thinking like ooh should I like jump in and be like you actually don't need to do this but then I think we just let you because I think you're going but anyways I wasn't sure what to. happened there yeah <laughs> No, I remember that. <laughs> it was very vivid. <laughs> Goodness. And it was honestly... <laughs> you know, I was just chugging along, you know. I, I had like, started out by saying no. like, But, you know, I decided, you know, internally, you can't just... You have to step into this. You know, mm. you got to leap into it. Um, so do you feel like your no was coming from more of a scared place than from, yeah. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of, of a scared place. Um, and I guess that's tied to, and then maybe this is all, like, a shared experience or feeling is, like, a feeling of inadequacy and, like, mm-hmm. um, being an imposter all the time. That's how I feel. Yeah. And, like, um, like, so, and this is, I'm not trying, I'm hoping, I'm not sounding, like, um, 
woe is me but yeah it was oh god this no. process i i mean this show like that's yeah yeah <laughs> okay this is safe oh the yes okay sorry. <laughs> okay no i said like i just i and it was a battle you know that the the, the 24 hours it was a battle internally you know knowing that i had a voice and 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 trying my best to speak and to you know vocalize you know and have yeah. it be audible right. um and i learned that i have some there are some things um about me that that i love and make me who i am and there are other things that um i want to work on because um they are holding me back mm. um and it's not being, you know, rejecting of those things, but inviting them, you know, to the party. These parts of you, like, what, what do you want to ask them about? I want to. I wonder, like, are are you necessary? Like, do I need you? Uh, you know, maybe yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. it's this is something. This is a self-preserving um, piece of me. Yeah. Um, and I'm not. Sure, I think they'll tell me what um, they want me to hear. Of course. You know, they want to stick around, don't they? <laughs> but, you know, you know, who knows? But I definitely, like, recognize that I am completely capable. Yeah. And I am, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you are such an asset. And I'm so glad Thanks. you were there. Like, uh-huh. it was the, f- the four of us together um, was such a, like, it was just such a cool grouping that again like I didn't know or expect like Emily put this together and even though I really enjoyed meeting both of you at various events like again hadn't spent a lot of time with with you Lilia and you Chelsea and so um I'm just I'm so pleased with how that came together yeah I feel like I also want to say that something that was very present in my mind um, in the beginning and throughout was this idea that we're all kind of, I mean, I don't want to say we're all outsiders to the radio world, but I kind of felt like we, that was yeah. something that we shared um, in the sense that most of us like ha- currently have some other day job or, you know, it's like we, mm-hmm. we're not all like we've gone through the radio path or something or like have a full-time job at a radio station or something like that right um and so like for me this was the first piece i've ever had on the radio yeah and i think i was also totally feeling imposter complex and stuff um there was some like (laughs) no but there was something like really affirming you know like to get that recognition mm-hmm. of them like choosing it and also i i, I know for me like I'll, can, i can feel self-conscious about like branded stuff like oh i've made branded stuff that's not like real radio mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. and like there was something about like i've had something on a real radio station <laughs> so you know what I mean? like it just made me feel like i can say i'm a radio producer now mm-hmm. and i didn't feel like i could say that before because i never had anything on the radio mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. But I remember in the beginning, I said that. I was like, I think our superpower as a team is that we're all kind of outsiders. Lily is like the least outsider to the radio world because you actually are on the radio and have like journalistic, more journalistic I mean, we're on the radio right now. And yeah, but it, I know, I know. It's not, it's not the the like the specific form. But of it's radio like the gatekeepers we, who like approve yeah. of. It's like as something. soon as it's on like an NPR station is when it's real. Yeah, you know. Anyway, yeah. the point was like I was seeing that like, and when I reached out to everyone, I was mm-hmm. like, 
I feel like we all have a superpower that nobody else is going to have because mm-hmm. we have an outside like perspective and yeah. we've made like weird shit for fun that's our own passion project stuff and we've gotten to really cultivate that yeah. and so we're going to make something that's going to sound different and I felt really strongly about that and I, I felt very like affirmed when we yeah. got our honorable mention it's like yeah we did make something that sounds different because we come from a different like path to making this work um, I went into it thinking we have 24 hours it's going to be really experimental or weird or silly and that's like great that stuff is fun to make that's fine mm-hmm. and then when we were deep in like tears and snot and like hugging and <laughs> shit I was not not and shit I mean you know what I mean yeah I got really raw but when we were deep in it uh-huh. I was like of course this is how it ended up being like knowing myself knowing you Emily and like the the work that you do and like the way that we both are very feelings oriented realizing that about the two of you like of course doomed from the start it was doomed from the start of course it was going to be some like life altering like therapeutic cathartic process there was no way I mean I love that. We were, I mean, <laughs> yeah. we did. Wait, 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 we did Lillian, something. Do you remember what you said? Do you remember you said I yeah. want to pull? Wait, do oh, you remember it? Oh God, oh. it was so like, good. I want to reach into someone's organs and yeah. pull them out or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was like, I, I didn't want to create something silly. Like I wanted, I wanted to like, yeah, like move people. Yeah, I want. I, like I kind of did want to make people cry. Like I want yeah. like snot to come out of their nose. Like I want, yeah. yeah. I want people to have like a visceral, disgusting reaction. Yeah, you want you want to have you want to really have an impact on their orifices yeah. <laughs> and organs um, and fluids. Yeah, <laughs> you're like you're either gonna have to like cry or get snotty or come like one of those <laughs> or pee your pants maybe. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, because I would like I want to create, I, I, and I feel like we created like something important. Yeah, it felt really important. I mean, I cried a lot. Yeah, so. <laughs> that, that's good enough. Okay, I found it. What did, what was it? I want to reach into somebody and grab their organs. <laughs> <laughs> so that was on one of our like big sheets of that's paper. Your intentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me, that that was like I was like I want to win, and Lily is like I want to like rip people's organs out of their bodies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we did both. <laughs> BFF.FM. Best frequencies forever. You know, something that's important to me, uh, just from personal experience and from stories I've heard, is this idea of, like, storytelling and audio being a healing experience. And I know I've made a lot of projects that have been, like, healing for me. (laughs) Um, And it feels very personal. Like, there's some internal drive and tension that, like, needs to be worked out through making a thing. Yeah. And, um... And I really, I, I want to make stuff that is healing that way. And I care more about that than grab, snatching some crazy story that's going to get me on like some really famous radio station, but at the expense of the person whose story it is. Right. And something that was really inspiring to me before we all met to do this was I was at Duke Center for Documentary Studies for an artist retreat. And one of the instructors um, played us a few uh, like 
short film pieces from a class that she taught called Queer Cinema, I think. And the prompt for it was imagining queer utopia. And it was like the most powerful thing like I've ever seen. Like these short films were so powerful. And I mean, I was just like crying and it was so cool. And that idea of like imagining a utopia, like I never had thought about that before. And I just want to say that um, that was some, that was like one of the prompts that I asked Lilia was like, can you imagine like a utopia for your family? That's right. That's Even where to, that came from. Yeah, yeah. Like that's where the dinner yeah. kind of came from. And that, that exact line didn't make it into the piece. Um, but I just thought that was so cool. Yeah. Like, that's so cool for any situation just to use our imagination. Like, documentary doesn't need to be about... Oh, this is me. I, like, on my soapbox. <laughs> but documentary doesn't need to be about just saying what happened or saying how things are. I feel like there's so much power in, like, even if it's, like, science fiction or, you know, just, like, using our imagination and creativity to even envision the world that we want to live in and to mm-hmm. imagine what's possible and then to say it out loud. For me, I think that's what made this feel so cathartic to me was, like... It's mm-hmm. like we went on this journey into even imagine, like even just to say it, even if the dinner hasn't happened yet and justice mm-hmm. hasn't happened yet, to just put it out there. Yeah. I don't know. That's what made this feel really special for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's such a great point. And I, and that is kind of what ended up happening with the story was it became about, okay, we got the context. And then it became about what do you want? What does healing look like in your family? I'm so grateful for the three of you for for getting to do this radio project with you and for, you know, getting together today to celebrate, you know, that, you know, yeah, it was a wonderful, amazing process anyway. But then the fact that we, you know, got where we got with it is pretty great, too. Four percent, motherfucker. I think higher than that. If you're saying 100, I think we can say top four. Top four. I think it's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I Um, mean, to me, that's winning. We won. We won with the other winners. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. I mean, based on what they themselves said, which was that it was we didn't place, but it was close. Yeah. So that makes me think so close. Yeah. We were an honorable mention. Um, They created a category for us. Yeah. (laughs) If if you missed it, you can go back and and you know, listen to this broadcast in the archives or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, You can also go, you can Google KCRW Radio Race 2019 and hear all the pieces. Um, And then, yeah. Uh, Can each of you share, like, you know, say your name again and say where people can find you on the internet if you'd like them to, whatever project you want them to find or Twitter, you know, social media, any of that. Mm -hmm. Lilia, do you want to start? Sure. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Viva El Vega, which is probably where I'm most uh, prolific on social media right now. And uh, you can also follow my DJ Twitter, which is at DJ Mama Coco. Uh, Mama Coco is my DJ name. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And I like I'll I post when I'm next going to be on Calyx there. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Great. Emily, how about you? Where do you want people to find you on the Internet? Yeah, well, first I want to say that if anyone wants to find this piece on SoundCloud, um, it's at bit.ly slash this shadow. Very easy to find. And um, yeah, my website is emilyshawcreates.com, E-M-I-L-Y-S-H-A-W, 
creates.com. And um, I'm on all the social media places, but on Instagram, I'm Emily Shaw Creates. Cool. All right. Uh, so this is Chelsea. Um, you could find me online at chelseakigano.com. So that's C H E L S E A K I G A N O. Um, I'm not really active on social media, but you could find me on Instagram. And my handle, I can't remember it. You can, wait, I think it's Chelsea or C in real life, or it's Chelsea from the internet. So yeah. at Chelsea from the internet is my handle on Instagram. Awesome. Oh, and your podcast again is? On SoundCloud. Just search uh, Chelsea from the internet. Okay, and you'll wonderful. Find it. All right. Thank you all so much for for coming and, and talking. This was a great way for us to debrief about the experience too. So thanks. Thank you, Lily. Thank, Thank you, Lily. You. Yeah. <laughs> so this has been my conversation with Chelsea Kigano, Emily Shaw, and Lilia Vega. Uh, audio storytelling has been such an important part of my life and it's brought some really cool and talented people into my sphere as well. So thank you so much for listening. I'm going to include a link to our radio story in the show notes, as well as a link to where you can listen to the other submissions and winners to the KCRW 24 hour radio race. As always, uh, follow radical advice on Twitter and Facebook to stay tuned and send me your life questions at radicaladviceshow.com. I hope to get to some of them uh, in, in the coming weeks. Um, tune in next week because I'm going to have uh, my friend and just incredibly compassionate uh, and talented freelance reporter, formerly the news editor of SF Weekly, Nula Sawyer, on the show. And also, I'm going to be making a big announcement. Uh, so Life and Times of the Bourgeoisie is up next. I'm going to close the show today with uh, this mess we're in, an old one from PJ Harvey and Tom York. And there are three reasons that I wanted to play that. One, it's really good. It's such a good song. I love it. I had forgotten about it for a long time and was reminded of it again recently. And it was almost like hearing it again for the first time. Um, the second reason is that I get to see Tom York on Friday at the Greek Theater. And that's going to be that's going to be really great. Um, I saw Radiohead twice back in the day but I haven't seen Tom York solo and it's been a long time since I've seen him at all and I hope that if I stand in the right place he will notice me and want to do a duet with me someday um because because that would be great and he should he should want to do that um and the third reason is that um I've just wrapped up recording um three songs with my friend Martin of Pale Bird. You should check out his music on Spotify. Um, and I've been really enjoying making duets, kind of having the like uh, male-female voices and finding, I don't know, interesting, weird ways of collaborating. The music ends up being something that is different than what either of us would have made on our own. And it's kind of its own special thing. And it challenges me in new ways. And I get to you know, we're able to work remotely. He's sometimes in the UK. He's traveling right now and he's on the East Coast. But um, it's really cool with the power of technology what we're able to do. Anyway, uh, so yeah, this this uh, 
PJ Harvey Tom York song is definitely um I, I don't know if it was consciously an influence but some people who listened felt that uh from it and that was really flattering and cool anyway keep listening to bff.fm all day because the good music and conversation is not going to stop bff.fm best frequencies forever Yeah. <laughs> 